Good morning. It is good to be with you. I'm Joel Wayne, one of the pastors here. And yes, we're in that series because it matters. And right now, somebody even told me after the first service, I feel like all this is just warming us up. And I'm like, I don't know for what, but okay, here we go. And today we actually are getting to talk about, after already speaking of biblical worldview, after speaking about what it is to, to know about biblical community, we're looking at prayer. And, and what does that look like for us? Because it really does matter. And uh, I, I could spend probably easily a couple months on just the Lord's Prayer, so we're not going to even go that direction today. But there are some themes that are really important for us biblically to understand about prayer that we're going to tackle and uh, to be able to look at today. One of the struggles that we have, I was, I was just at a conference down in Florida. I came back, and um, on the local news, they were interviewing some people. I think it's always interesting to go somewhere and to watch the local news, okay? Um, and so you're there. I'm watching the local news, and there was a lady being interviewed. The, the small apartment complex that she was a part of had caught on fire, and they had asked her, um, hey, why don't you go ahead and, like, pull the, you know, the little box you break, you pull it, the, the fire people come, Right? You know what I'm talking about? The alarm that you pull it, right? So they're like, why don't you go and pull that? They're like, I didn't, she just said, I didn't think at the time it was all that bad. And yet they lost the building. Like they, there was no way they were going to be able to repair it. And the reason I share that story is because I think so many of us treat prayer just like that. We treat prayer as a fire extinguisher. We use it in times of crisis. So last week, if you were here, did, did anybody see me? I was able to use the water gun and kind of get some of you wet. I want to do that today. What? The, uh, I'm just choosing who I want to hit. Um, and no, I'm not going to do that. I would never, ever do that right now. And so, but this is how so many of us treat prayer. So many people today are treating prayer as the fire extinguisher. We, we call out to God when we have crisis and when we have times of need. And then we have to evaluate whether or not we're doing the same thing when we're not in times of crisis. Are we calling out to God as much? Now, there's a lot of reasons for the way that we do it. And um, this, of course, is speaking broadly, but I think we can all understand what that means. So hopefully today, um, you're going to notice it's going to be a bit different today. It's going to bring a little bit of even relief for you. Uh, maybe you've pumped up a tire too much before and you had to release some of the pressure. And when you, when you, even if you have an athletic ball, you've pumped it up too much and you need to release some of the pressure. And you put um, the little valve on and you press in on the little thing in there inside the valve and you hear, Shh. you know what I'm talking about? Can everybody just make that noise? Ready to go. And that's what I'm wanting for us today. Some of us have so much pressure built up. And we're just trying to make the best decisions we can. Some of you are trying to figure out if your marriage is going to make it. Some of you are trying to figure out how your kids are going to make it. You're, you're, you're trying to better understand who you need to be at work. Right? Who you actually need to be as a father or as a husband. Maybe a grandfather. And just one thing after another is happening. And, and in some ways, I want today to be a day of rest for our church. And just feel God go, Shh. and to allow us to sit with him. 
and to be able to hear his voice. And so, yeah, I'm going to walk through some themes with prayer this morning, some understandings that we have when we look at the Bible and when we look at Scripture as a whole. But I pray that it's going to be that for you, that today God's not only going to be the emergency, the fire extinguisher, but you're going to learn to sit with him. Why? Because I want to help you understand even really what prayer is. There's so many different definitions that you can give to prayer, right? Here's one, is that prayer is an expression of faith. Prayer is an expression of faith in God's power. Prayer is an expression of faith in God's power, and it's fueled by our desire to have our hearts molded by Jesus. To have our hearts shaped by Jesus, right? Prayer is all about being in relationship with God. It's similar to even a marriage, right? I can't be in a good relationship with God if I'm not speaking to, uh, uh, or uh, with my wife, I'm sorry. I can't be in a good relationship with her if I'm not speaking with her and we're, we're not communicating, right? That's what we use our front porch for. That's like a, a, another living room for us and we go out there and we just talk and we need, a, we need just our time. And um, I've even told our kids, I'm like, okay, this is off limits for you. Don't come out there at all. And uh, they're like, what if things are burning down? I'm like, well, suck it up. Figure it out. You know, like this is my, this is my wife time. And it's no different than with speaking with God and understanding that we can't even have a healthy relationship with God and not be praying. So I want to give you just some general principles here. Um, and I'm going to run fairly quickly um, today. But here's the first thing I want you to understand that we see is a need for prayer. Um, this is something I've been walking this journey even over the last six months or so. And it's really stood out to me. Um, is that we need to pray until we pray. Pray until you pray. Now I'm going to jump into some scripture here. But pray until you pray. Right? Have you? Uh, here, here, Jesus is speaking. He's about to pray the Lord's prayer, and he's speaking to the people around them. And one of the things he does prior to that, and and this is in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five, six, and seven. But one of the things that we find him doing is he's calling out, and he's letting them know. Listen, what you need to do is you just need to pray to God. You don't need to. You don't even need to pray with this meaningless repetition is what he's communicating. What I need you to do is I need you to pray, and I need you to pray until you pray. And so often what we see happening with prayer, at least for me personally, I think for many of you as well, we begin just to, to grind it out. We, we say what we need to, pray, uh, to say, but that's about all that we do. And so then as a result of that, we stop praying. Luke eleven nine 9 says the following. This is where he says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. These are actually verbs that are in the present tense, which means this. Keep knocking. <laughs> keep knocking. Keep asking. Keep seeking. What he's saying is be persistent in prayer. Pray until you pray. Pray until you pray, and you just keep calling it out. And, and one of the, I have a warning sign with prayer, okay? When my prayers are primarily consumed by petition only, 
Now, petitioning God is good. Scripture speaks about that. We need, and, and we're invited to petition God, to call out our needs before him. But when my prayers are dominated by petition, and I see little of confession, and I see little of praise and little of worship, that's when I have a concern. Like the, that's a flag for me that starts to be raised. Because then when I'm only petitioning, and according to the responses I get, I may or may not be struggling with my attitude toward prayer. And so I, I start to, to step away from prayer more and more until there's what? There's a fire to put out. And then I go back to God again. <laughs> Maybe you can relate to that. And so we need to learn just to pray, to be persistent. That's what he's saying. Keep asking, keep knocking, to be persistent in prayer, to pray until you pray. And so sometimes when I'm at that place of where I'm just petitioning, 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 what I end up needing to do is I just say, God, let me just get some stuff off my chest. And I'll just call some things out. You may think I'm silly for doing that, but I'm like, God, I need help with marriage. I need help with kids. I'm concerned about this or uh, making decisions with the church about this and making sure that we lead well with this. And um, God, just for the new series that not only that we're doing right now, you'd be amazed at how much I'm already praying about the series that starts in January. And I'm looking at all these different things, and I just need to get them off of my chest, feel like that I've said it. And then I'm like, okay, God, now let me just listen to you. That's just a reality for you. But when I'm only petitioning, I'm entering a dangerous place because my understanding of God has started to shift. It's started to move to a place that isn't exactly what God is desiring. Is he someone that I need to call out to in crisis? Without a doubt. But is he more than that to walk through relationship with me day to day? Without a doubt. And so it's both. Uh, George... Mueller is a, a theologian, and uh, one of the things that he wrote, and I think it's so applicable for today, but also even for next week, this is what he says. He says, it's a common temptation of Satan to make us give up the reading of the word and prayer when our enjoyment is gone. As if it were of no use to read the scriptures when we do not enjoy them. Right? What he's saying is we only do it when it makes us feel better. And as if it were no use to pray when we have no spirit of prayer. The truth, truth is that in order to enjoy the word, we ought to continue to read it. And the way to obtain a spirit of prayer is to continue praying. The less we read the word of God, the less we desire to read it. And the less we pray, the less we desire to pray. Maybe you've heard of doing the godly until your heart catches up. And that's what we're doing, as I tell people all the time. Continue to pray, even if your heart's not in it, until your heart is in it. If you truly recognize, if you profess who God really is and what he has done for you, that's a desire that you'll have. And you have to grind it out sometimes. I'm not here to tell you that you always just feel like just jumping on your knees before God and, and praying to him at least three, four hours a day, if not even eight or nine hours a day. Like I'm, I get it. Right? I'm, I'm first to raise my hand to say sometimes I just don't want to pray anymore. But yet then I'm reminded of how beautiful God is and what he's really done for me. And it starts to realign my priorities. So we need to pray until we pray. Another thing we need to do is we need to pray with heart. We need to pray with heart. Luke 18 verse 1 
Luke 18, verse 1, he says, Now, he was telling them a parable. We know that those parables are those things, about 43 of them or so, um, that he calls out to help them understand who he was, but also what the kingdom of God is to be like and who we are to be. And he says, he's telling them a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray. At all times they ought to pray and to not lose heart. They ought to pray and they ought to not lose heart. So pray with heart. Pray with heart. Don't, don't only trudge through prayer and let it stop there. Right? That's what I was even referencing before, where right before he's talking about the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, listen, when you pray, don't use meaningless repetition. Pray with heart, right? Maybe you've done that before, and every single time you do pray, you just say the same phrase over and over before every meal. You just, you just say, hey, guys, it's time to pray, and you say, Lord, uh, God bless this food to our bodies. Amen. Or maybe you've heard it before, God, please allow this food to provide nourishment to our bodies to serve you. And that's a good prayer. I'm not saying it's a bad prayer. But if it's the same thing over and over, right, there's a meaningless repetition that comes to it. Pray with heart. Even recently, last couple of days, I was praying with one of my kids. And as the kid's praying, I'm like, hey, go ahead and pray um, I noticed the same language over and over, and I'm going, hey, so I, I allowed the kid to finish praying, and I said, let's talk about praying with heart, and we talked about, hey, what, how do we give God gratitude and praise for who he is and what he's done? Let's list all these things. I said, does that change sometimes? Yes. Well, that means our prayers shouldn't always be the same then. I said, how about the, the ways that we need to confess before God and repent and allow him to forgive us and just to recognize his love is so beautiful? Do those things change? Yes. Well, then our prayers shouldn't always look the same way then. It's a matter of praying with heart and even understanding how God is working within your own life and what that really needs to be. We know that according to James 5.16, it says the effective prayer, fervent prayer of a righteous individual, a righteous man, it can, it can do much, it can accomplish much. And so then we call out to God in heart knowing what God is wanting for us and we're honest about it. We pray with heart. Over and over we see Jesus Christ praying. I'll give you just a few examples of when we find Jesus praying, and there's so many of them, but we, we find it as baptism in Luke 3. We find in Luke 6, before he even called his disciples, and God's giving him direction. We see in Luke 9, the transfiguration. We see in Matthew chapter 26. In Matthew chapter 26, what you find is this is after the Lord's, uh, he's had that last supper with his followers, and then the next day he knows he's going to be taken and be beaten and be whipped and he's calling out before God in the garden before he's arrested we also see him even on the cross there's seven last words of Jesus Christ on the cross and he's saying father right and he's talking about all the people who have put him on that cross and the people standing in front of him and he's saying father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing Luke chapter 23 and he just keeps calling it out over and over. And he's praying with heart. And he's always calling out to God for discernment and for direction over and over and over again. And he's praying with passion. Even later on, one of the things that we discover is 
Um, I, I mentioned a little bit to you last week with biblical community is that Jesus Christ, of course, his death and his resurrection, uh, after his resurrection, he stayed, and then he ascended into heaven. We find that in Acts chapter 1. And then it says all the people, all the followers are together, and they go back to Jerusalem with one another, and they don't really know exactly maybe what to do. Maybe, they, uh, maybe they're trying to figure things out. They go into the upper room, and it says this. They says that they began to pray. Verse 12. We see in uh, verse 14, Acts 1.14, they all joined together in prayer. They all joined together in prayer along with the women and, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. That's why even as a church, we need to be praying together. We need to pray together. It says they all join together in prayer. Yes, prayer should be private as well, and we need to make sure we're not praying in a way just to draw attention to ourselves so that attention goes to God. Uh, Jesus Christ himself refers to that also in the Sermon on the Mount. So we see that need, and we see that we need to make sure that we have the proper attitude about it. But we also need to be praying as a church, as a body of believers together, that God continues to use us and to grow us and to sharpen us and to comfort us and to give us hope and, a, and direction and wisdom and discernment. And so we keep going even together, corporately together in prayer. It's something that is so vital for us today. But one of, uh, when I pray until my heart catches up, <laughs> even when I don't want to, one of the things that I've discovered is that prayer aligns. Prayer aligns my priorities with God's. It aligns my priorities with God. We already know from the passage that we're wanting to memorize. You've already seen it, but Isaiah 55, his ways are not our ways and thoughts not our thoughts. And it reminds you that, you know what, he, he is greater in thought, right? There it is for you. Like what, we understand all of this, so his ways are higher. His thoughts are greater. And we go, yeah, that's what it is. And prayer aligns our priorities with God. Another thing um, I want to make sure I mention today, and this is something that really has recalibrated my life, is that the understanding that we need to pray with outrageous gratitude. We need to pray with outrageous gratitude. We know Philippians 4 11 and following, it says, I'm not saying this because I am in need. These are the words of Paul. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it's to be in need, what it is to have plenty, and I've also learned the, the secret of being content in every situation. It doesn't matter if I'm fed, if I'm hungry, if I'm in plenty or in want. Paul knew that his gratitude wasn't based on his circumstance. He knew that his gratitude was based on his understanding of God. So as I even walk through life now sometimes and hard things begin to happen, I think that's why scripture lets us know one of our first postures of prayer needs to be praise and worship. One of our first postures of prayer needs to be praise and worship. 
Paul's gratitude was not the result of circumstance, but it was molded by his understanding of God. You can find that uh, talking about how we are like clay jars and vessels, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But one of the things that prayer does for me and one of the things I recognize in Scripture, this is what I think it did for Jesus, both fully human, fully divine, but also that prayer did for many, many others. Prayer keeps our heart moldable. Right? Maybe you've seen people and they say, hey, sometimes our hearts have been hardened. And when our hearts are hardened, it creates anger and bitterness and resentfulness. And so when your heart is hardened, it's like that, a big pot or something that, that, that is dropped and it just shatters into 100 pieces. Maybe you've done that before. Like you've got this old mug. I know that I did it uh, even not too long ago. I had this old mug worth maybe $3.50 and I dropped it on accident. And so I got out some glue and I spent a long time trying to glue that baby back together and it just wasn't the handle that broke off like it broke like all of a sudden I'm going to glue it well enough to hold the 87 cups of coffee I drink every day right like that that, it just wasn't going to work but all of a sudden it just shattered and there are little pieces like tiny pieces that have broken off I'm like well okay I gotta glue that back on there and I literally thought to myself get some tape But here's what happens is so, so often in our own life, when we're not truly praying, this is why it matters, if we're not truly praying, our hearts harden, and so then when things go wrong, we shatter into a hundred pieces. And then we get upset with God when God's going, well, then why did you ever step away from me? I didn't say that things wouldn't get difficult, but if you're constantly calling out to me and you allow your priorities to align with my priorities, and if you're calling out to me with heart and with passion, and if you're praying until you pray, then when you drop, you don't shatter into a thousand pieces. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt and it doesn't leave a mark. But do you know how much easier it is for God to say, hey, I've got more for you now. I want to start molding you again. Rather than saying, there's a hundred pieces on the ground, go get some glue. The way we absorb difficulty is often a, a reflection of how we pray. Not always, I'm not saying that there aren't other things that come into the picture. But we need to recognize that we need to have our hearts softened. And as a result of all that, knowing what God can do for us, we want to pray with with overwhelming, outrageous gratitude for who he is and what he's done in our life, that we know that he wants to come in and just release the tension and step into our hearts. But this is, um, what I'd like to do today even, is I want us to step into some prayer together. I want us to be able to step into some prayer together. Um, We need God to come into our life and and to help release the valve. Um, I know even I, this is a very different service today. I get it. It's going to be even more different here in a second. Um, But we need to better understand prayer. 
That's why I ask everybody, especially um, if you ever do a leadership class with me, uh, I, I, I just expect every single one of those men to be praying over their spouse. I just expect it. Because it'll change your heart toward one another. It'll give you greater understanding and greater insight into who they are. And more and more, over, even over the last week or two, it's the hurt that I am seeing and the hurt that's coming before me, right, is just astounding. But I still think our first response biblically is to praise God for who he is, to recognize his authority in our life, even in the midst of those hardships. And so we call out all these wonderful things that we know that we are broken and that we are sinners, but by the grace of God through his son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us, we are able to stand in restoration. And no matter how difficult it is in the temporary time that we're here, we give praise to God for that, and we lift up our voices to him, but then we also recognize that there is hurt, and there's pain, and and that we've sinned, and we need to confess, and we need to repent, and we need to call out to God, but he's a gracious God, full of forgiveness, and full of mercy, and it just, it overwhelms us. When you're a, a mature believer in Jesus Christ, the more you understand your own hurt, and your own pain, and your own sin, the more you're overwhelmed that God said, I got this for you. And so we'd start to sit in that. And so I want us to pray together today. So I'm going to ask that anything that you have in your lap, um, go ahead and just take it and put it to the side, throw it on the ground. Even if it's a kid, throw it on the ground. And... um, For some of you, you're about to be a little uncomfortable, but I'm going to ask that if you're able to, to take a knee with me. And we're going to pray together. And sometimes having a different posture of prayer, and for some of you, I already know, it'll be the, I told, I was told after the first service, this is the first time I've ever kneeled in prayer by so many people. I know some of you, that that means it's probably uncomfortable for some of you. I'm fully okay with that. Because when my prayers are also only petition rather than praise and thanksgiving as well, I sometimes change my posture to remind myself I am not worthy. And so I just want us to have an opportunity for us to pray together. I'm going to lead us through some of this together. And then also, uh, Pastor Nathan, I I want you to just listen to some of the words that he's going to start singing out. They're not going to be on the screen, so you don't even need to look. Just listen to the words being called out. And some of us, let it be a time of releasing the pressure, sitting with God, and knowing that he is good. Let us pray together. God, I come before you in the name of Jesus Christ, and I am overwhelmed by your goodness. even at your prayer that you modeled for us to call out before our God with words like, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
we recognize our needs that we have in life. But God, we praise you right now because we know that you've met the ultimate need already. You've already met our ultimate need. So we praise you that we get to be in a community together of being able to live life with one another, to support one another, to care for one another, to to be able to come alongside one another to encourage and to remind each other of your goodness. And so we call out to you and we thank you that even though we are broken and that we are sinners, that there is always hope for all who call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. God, we also know that we've, each one of us, each one of us, we've done many wrong things. We've done so many things in life of sin and of brokenness and we've mistreated others and we've allowed even our own insecurities and our own pride to get in the way of finding security in you. God, we've put ourselves as idols or maybe money as idols or belongings as idols. God, forgive us. God, forgive us. God, I pray right now we are just, we just kneel in complete amazement of who you are and what you have done. God, we call out your name. As your people, as your church, may this, not be, may this not be something we're not accustomed to. For you are worthy and you are holy. We bow low. God, we are at your altar and we worship you. Amen. So as we continue to worship even today, I'm going to invite you to go ahead and to go from knee to feet and to stand with us and to worship God. We recognize it tells us over and over in Scripture to give thanks to God at all times. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 reminds us of that. It says, in all occasions, in all circumstances, to give thanks to God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. No matter the hard, no matter the difficulty, know that you have family who wants to walk with you. I know last week alone we had roughly 15 new families visiting this church. If you're new here, this is what you're going to find. And you may be going, okay, this place is crazy. And we are. But this is also what I will tell you. Church, with those people, will we walk with them, yes or no? Will we pray for them, yes or no? Will we fight with them, yes or no? 
We want to live life with you. God has so much in store for you. So much so that he just took the dump truck, right? And he emptied it. He dumped out so much grace and so much love and so much mercy into our lives. All of it in the name of Jesus Christ. Let that flood your homes. Let it open up all your windows today. The heat's gone for at least a week. Open up all the windows and allow the Holy Spirit to drip into your homes, into your hearts, into your marriages, into your relationships. May God have his way with us. May he encourage you and may he bless you. And may we give him worship and bow before him for he is worthy. Let's worship him together.